The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Well, 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 Eno, not only do we have Fieldwork, but we have our new sponsor. We're wearing the gear, Link Soul. You got to love it. Great for golf, great for going out, looking stylish. You name it. I've got the hoodie on. Uh, send me some. Got a pullover here for Cody. I'm telling you. Gotta you got to send me some. I, got, need some. I need some swag. We got some polos. Well, you need to also check out linksoul.com. There you go. What's happening? It's uh, it's almost here. It's almost here. This, this next By this time next week, we will have actual regular season baseball. Yes, about something to actually really, really talk about. You know, uh, and I guess I'm making too much of this, and I'm okay with that because everybody lately has been telling me what's good for the game, let's promote the game, what's best for the game. I just look at some of these teams. I don't think opening day starters mean what they used to mean. I mean, used to, that, that used to be something really special, the guy that you're going to lead your – lead your staff now that we're using 12 13 starters a year op- opening day starter is it just one of 162 starts still or or now yeah i mean you do still have an order but i i think it's a little bit about the rampant injury problem in, in baseball where we've just spent spring seemingly body blow after body blow of you know, big guys who just got Reese Hoskins is hurt. And I know he's not a pitcher, but just generally, you know, we get hurt through spring. And so the opening day starter is usually like, who's the healthy guy. (laughs) It's not always uh, who's our necessarily our number one. Uh, I think that that comes into play a little bit with the A's where if Paul Blackburn was healthy, you know, I kind of assume that he'd be the opening day starter and not, this is not to say anything poor about Kyle Muller. He's he's it looks like a, a good young pitcher, but uh, you know it's opening day starter used to mean a sort of a combination of experience and quality, right? And and I think Paul Blackburn was the guy for for the A's for much of last year, and he probably would have been the opening day starter if he wasn't hurt. Yeah, it's interesting. It definitely, I, I to me, I've been talking about this tipping point about pitching. And ever since baseball capped it and we've said, hey, you can only use 13 guys, how you use those 13 is up to you, but you can only use 13 guys. Um, I think this year also will be another another real interesting year of how teams are going to operate, how you're going to, as we like to say on this show, you know, you got to get, without extra innings, you got to get 4,374 outs. How are you going to get all those outs? And, and it's like almost like they've, they've they've put that into an optimization engine and decided, oh, yeah, instead of like guys throwing six and other guys throwing one, we're going to have guys throwing two and three and four and five and, and, and we'll figure it out that way. And that's not as exciting. I agree. If I go to the game, I want to know who's starting tonight and I want them to go six, you know, most likely um, just from a, a stars standpoint. And somebody asked me recently if I actually had a – of the commissioner's power and could do anything I wanted to, um, what would I do? What and would I think you do? I would actually, I think I would limit the number of starters that a, a number of pitchers that a team could have. I would, I would roll it back to 12 or 11 
because then you're asking every one of your pitchers to go deeper and, 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 and do more innings. And so you're going to have to have actual starters. And the only problem with that is I know that's not something that even a commissioner could do because it requires collective bargaining with the players. And that would, that would be fewer jobs for players. So I don't know, maybe you could do it in tandem with expansion and say, okay, we're going to expand two teams. That's a whole bunch of roster slots. You get a whole bunch of roster slots and for those give us two back. And we're going to go back to 24 man rosters. You can have 12 starting pitchers and 12 hitters, whatever it is, you know, I don't know. Well, Roll hey, it back. it's a hypothetical. You were asked the right. question, your commissioner, <laughs> and that was your answer. And by the way, I love it. I like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you would just make, you'd have to get more bulk from guys if you didn't have, you know, those extra, those extra slots. We're the only sport that we're allowed to, to take our best players and well, I guess that's not true because in the NBA now they're all into they have lo- load management. Load management. Too, yeah. yeah, it's it's funny how the guys that we want to see, the guys that people want to pay their, the entertainment dollar to see, we're now short, showcasing them less. And I was asking this to Cody, and I'm thinking about Shohei Otani. If I'm the Angels, and I'm thinking this is it, we're not going to have them after this year. And I'm sure they've talked years. I'm sure they've talked numbers. They haven't come to an agreement. Wouldn't I don't he... think he wants to stay there. Honestly. Okay. He wants to win. He <laughs> wants to go to a big market. That's even better. Wouldn't you ride as much as you possibly could out of him if you knew Every this? fifth day. Wouldn't you? I mean, you, you, you also don't want to get a reputation as having ridden someone into the ground. You, you want to sign the next pitcher, too, right? You know, it's so you don't want to be a guy every that... five days running him into the ground. <laughs> good, good. Well done. Yes. Good. Point. Good. Point. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 I mean, you gotta, you also gotta give the players some power in the, in the, in the discussion, you know, he is actually, sit. to me, he has always seemed like a guy who wanted more. That's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, you know, he went out there and ran out there and, 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 and went to the bullpen in one of the better matchups we've ever seen. Uh, I think him against trout for the world baseball championship classic, you know, for the championship, I, I thought that was amazing. And, uh, and he was willing to run out to, to the bullpen to get, to get warm, run back in to take a plate appearance and run back out. So, you know, I, he, he's willing to do a lot. You're right. I, I I've been saying for the last couple of years, Cody brought it up. Like we think that's his best role. Yeah. We watched uh, our, Hey, I, pl- I played against Mark saying Mark Kotze in college when he was player of the year. And he did I, that, right? I've seen it. Like it's amazing because you got to remember, a reliever is supposed to be ready in theory in eight pitches. You're supposed to right. be you're supposed to be heated, ready to. And as and it, it might actually fit his his pitching he's style, a DH. He's, he doesn't have great command. He's a power guy. Yeah, he's a DH, so he he can use all the exercise bands. He can be up there on a, on a stationary bike on a treadmill. He could have his body loose. They could have a bull. You know, a lot of teams have some type. Well, of, you might actually play him in the in the outfield if you if you well, if I, he's if I, he's a reliever. I'm gonna take that out. I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna say, listen, you got to be ready to close. And you know a lot of them. They have they have mounds and batting cages. You know everything's you don't you don't even have to because you know being at these ballparks, 
you don't even have to send him down to the bullpen. He could warm up where they're doing batting practice. You could have a mound there for him and that he's getting loose, takes his back, comes down, throws eight pitches, boom, he comes out of the dugout, ready to rock. Because all he needs Throwing is two hundred and two. <laughs> it's it's basically John Smoltz all over again. Hey Smoltzy, you don't need five pitches. You need two. Fastball slider. Right. Boom, 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 and there's a save. And now I'm getting 60 appearances out of him versus, oh, my God, will I even get 25? Yeah, but if you – I mean, if you you know pitchers, they'll stay a starter as long as they, as they can, as, as long For as, money. you know, as people let them. And then they'll – they'll. but that might be how he ends his career. Yeah, it's interesting to think what is the max value for him. And But if I'm not going to have him, I'm, I'm guarantee I'm uh, – I'm gonna play him as much as I possibly can. If my if I know he's leaving me, I'm getting every inch, <laughs> every ounce, everything I can get out of him. Put a bow on the WBC. Obviously, the ratings uh, were fantastic over in Asia. Here in the United States, they were really good, uh, no question about it. I mean, I think uh, the championship game was the highest rated game since the or one of the highest it was close to game three of the nlcs between the phillies and the padres hey if you can get television ratings for baseball in march March. during the tournament time i mean obviously from a growth standpoint a television standpoint and most importantly a revenue standpoint it was a success one one point three million people sat in seats uh, to watch it, which is pretty impressive again for the time of year and, and, and what, what it is. I think it, it showed that it's not going anywhere. And here's uh, a, a, a little, it's not a metric per se, but just an interesting thing. They recorded a hockey player saying everyone's talking about that at bat between Otani and Trout and everyone's talking about baseball. And I like it was one of the first times I've seen someone from another sport be like, yeah, everyone's talking about baseball. (laughs) So like and he was saying we're missing that best of the best, you know, on the world stage. We haven't had that in a while. And I don't know the particulars of of hockey and if if they had world championships or what he's talking about and what he's missing. But it's kind of cool to have someone from another sport say, "Ooh, baseball is doing something cool and we should pay attention. So. Well, yeah, yeah, because that's... it's so tough to figure out when to do it. For the hockey, it was Olympics, right? And you'd have mm-hmm. to shut down the sport during the Winter Olympics. And that's Olympics. tough for the WBC, too. Like, you can't – you're not going to shut down – you're not going to do the – shut down the month of July for the WBC. You're not going to do that. And, 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 and let's face it, deep down, what's everybody saying? I know all my friends are like, I like the WBC. I just don't want guys from my team playing on it. <laughs> yeah, because the injury factor. Or just yeah. you just don't want guys in March. So I, I, I wouldn't want, like, if the A's, we had a bunch of star players, I wouldn't want A's players going all hell-bent in March. And, and I don't think the players would really want to do it in November. Well, I mean, you're tired you at the end of the season. And you, you can't go against football. It's death. Right. Yeah, going against football. I mean, it's one thing going against March Madness, but if you go against the NFL and college football – no one's going to care. Golf has tried that for years with the Ryder Cup and the President's Cup. It's like nobody cares. Saturdays and Sundays, it's going to be college and it's going to be pro football. The ratings show it. It's the most they're the most watched television shows every year in the United States. It's like so. Do it's you like, think we could do one over All Star break and just no. no? I mean, you're gonna. I mean, you think a guy getting hurt now 
is bad. Can you imagine oh, your team in first place in the middle of the season gets hit in the thumb and he breaks his thumb? Oh, my God. We would be. You think people are flipping out now. What do you think they'd be like <laughs> in right. July? There's just not a perfect yeah. time. But you know what? This is, if it's only once every three years, this is this is really the time. Yeah, it's really fun. I mean, it. it's uh, I I don't watch soccer like that much, but oh, I watch the World you're Cup. You're going to get the soccer haters now. Watch that well, Twitter watch account. <laughs> I watched the World Cup, you know, and I think the WBC could be on that level. I mean, is this something we should do every year or every two years? No, it's more special. The World Cup is more special because you do it every four years. I'm thinking like the Ryder Cup in golf is every two years. And that way you're constantly having the best players in it. Now, and, and the big, you know, I was always questioning, like, why are we doing this? And I had everybody come up with their biggest takeaways of the final game. And Johnny Dosko, our new broadcaster, is talking about, oh, it's Trout and Otani. And, mm-hmm. and I can't remember what Cody came up with, but it was something about the game. Mine was, am I the only guy that noticed after the game that two guys that literally have been at each other's throats for years are taking pictures together, putting their arms around each other, and passing out medals together. That'd be the com- that? that'd be the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred, <laughs> and Tony Clark, the head of the players union. <laughs> and I was saying to myself, why the hell is Tony Clark out there? So you know me, you know, I want to dig they a little. They both made money, right? <laughs> I digged a little bit. The World Baseball Classic is owned by Major League Baseball and the Players Union. They're co- ah, there it is. They're co-owners. <laughs> so you didn't even know. None of us knew that. And we I'm like, we talked about this last week. We were wondering who made the money. <laughs> where's the money going? So yeah, do you know why the players don't care that an Edward Diaz or an Altuve or now Wainwright get hurt? Because they're making they money off paid. of it too. Follow, as my late father would say, follow the money. Nice. But it's good for baseball, no question. And it goes back to, uh, you want to talk random. This will be a random question for you, but it was random for us. Years ago, I think it was, was it Logan Davidson? One of the many Scott Boris guys we drafted in the first, I've been Kyle Murray. Uh, One of the first, so when we draft a Boris client, Boris always shows up when he takes BP and talks to the media for the first time. So we always, Mm -hmm. and we always get Boris, right? We just had Boris when we signed Fuji. Boris is great. So I was asking back then, Boris, about Matt Chapman's contract. And he went on this, like, five-minute-long journey of an answer where it was like, what the hell is he talking about? And he started talking about the game growing, growing globally, uh, the Pacific Rim, having teams in Asia, especially in Japan. And the whole time he's doing this answer, we're like, I just asked you about Matt Matt Chapman's contract. <laughs> I, I don't know where you get, but now knowing Scott Boris and how brilliant he is, when I asked him that question, it triggered what we were seeing now. I mean, when you have the type of basically every single person in Japan was watching was watching that at bat, and even versus Japan versus Italy, fifty percent of all televisions were watching it. I now understand what Boris is talking about. I don't know if it's in our lifetime, but it will happen. We'll have Major League Baseball teams like the NFL will be in London. Major League Baseball will have somehow, some way, teams in Japan. I think what you could see uh, is divisions, right? Like, I, I think travel is too tough. You couldn't have the Yankees traveling to Tokyo in like for a series and then back to 
you know, you'd go like, over there and be there a while. Right. Or you could have uh, like a, a division that's over there and they play each other and they're part of MLB, but then it's not till the playoffs they come over. So you actually have more of like an American league and a national league, right? Like you have the American league and then you have like the Japanese league and they get their winners come into the playoffs, you know, then you have the travel, right? Uh, I, I think that could be possible. And one of the things that I think might lead to something like that, and this might seem random, but it's a random question from you, uh, yes. is the international draft. Because baseball wants an international draft. There is corruption down there. There are problems with the process right now. We have teams making agreements with like 12-year-olds. It's gross. And so Agreed. you know, the people talk about, People talk about an, an international draft. Well, what's the problem with an international draft? One of the biggest ones is that you have to make agreements with every country that are different. So you can't just be like, it's an international draft and every Japanese high schooler is, is part of the international draft. Well, the NPB, Japan's league, is going to be like, no. Like, we're not part of it. Yeah, our, our kids aren't in it, you know? But what, okay, all right. So then you start to have to make these agreements with different countries. You have to start to figure out things with different countries. I don't know. That could lead to, or or more WBC play could lead to like, hey, let's have let's have some sort of mini playoffs between the MLB and NPB winners, you know, where it's like the real world series and a non-WBC year. We'll just have the, we'll have the winner of the, we'll have the, the winner of the, of the world series play the winner of the NPB series. I wonder if that is something that could get the owners to agree to cut the schedule down, play less to games, add more of those playoffs. Yeah. Well, you have your world series. So it keeps all of the Bob Costas of the world happy with their historical statistics, which I think right. most, I think most younger people don't care about like, cause I look football football. They play more games. Now guys play more games. Guys. Yeah, nobody has any idea what the old football records are. No one cares. Right. So if you play less games, Get your playoffs done earlier and then maybe late October because now we have beautiful dome stadiums, beautiful Mm -hmm. dome stadiums, right? Texas is beautiful. Miami, you can play in Houston. You can, I mean, we got all these dome stadiums for weather. They play all, uh, you know, we play at the Tokyo dome for God's sakes over there. Um, yeah, you could have this true like world series and it's still early in the football season. You might get some major traction. Yeah. I mean, it, it, we're a global environment. We're growing and growing and, and, you know, baseball is going to expand, you know, I think very soon into two new markets in America. And, you know, once that happens, you know, on the list for the expansion is already, you know, Monterey in Mexico uh, and Mexico city uh, and Montreal. So, you know, as that sort of expansion happens again in, I don't know, 15, 20 years, like what, what, what next city are they going to put on? Is London going to be an opportunity or are they going to do something where they say, okay, we're going to annex, we're going to buy the Japanese leagues or whatever. Do they have enough money to do that? Uh, but there's, you know, I, sometimes we can't necessarily see exactly the future, you know? All righty. Let's look into the future. Give me your one thing. The one thing whether it's her prediction, one thing you want to see. We're heading into this season. Eno Saris, 2023, what's the one big thing for you for the upcoming season? Well, I'm going to stick, uh, I want to stick with a bold prediction. Um, and that that's one that's, uh, that's going to go right into our conversation that we've just been having. 
which is, you know, Mike Trout uh, just just struck out to his teammate. And that was on the biggest stage. And he spent, you know, all of his interviews afterwards saying the word fun. Like, literally. He said that was a ton of fun. That was incredibly fun. He said it was the funnest thing he'd done in a long time. So, you know, he loved the the playoff-type atmosphere. The, the the A's have gone to the playoffs once with him. It's the one mark on his career. Otherwise, a hall of it is a Hall of Fame career, but it's the one mark on his career. It's the last year with Shohei Otani. I think this is the year that Mike Trout hits 50 homers. He said, I need to do whatever I need to do to keep Shohei Otani here. So I think this is the year that Mike Trout uh, maybe has a resurgence that gets him back on the MVP uh, on a short list. And, uh, and and hits 50 homers, career high in homers uh, with like a 300 average and just tries to put the Angels back on his shoulders to convince Shohei Otani to stay. I was I was looking up Trout and Otani stuff to because if you went, if you said anything recently negative about Trout or Otani, baseball now has its own version of cancel culture. They were they people were coming after you on Twitter. So I was just looking some stuff up. It made me look at what Aaron Judge did, did last year. And if you look at what Aaron Judge did against teams 500 or better last year was amazing. He just didn't crush the bad guys. He crushed the he crushed everybody. And that leads me to this. If Trout has what you're talking about, because you mix all the other stuff that he does. If Trout hits the 50-plus home run plateau, I mean, he had 44 last year in kind of a shortened year because of health. If he has 50-plus, 300 batting average plus, and you throw everything else in there, could be one of the greatest years we've ever seen. Yeah, and 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 they would have to go to the playoffs then, right? You know, because if, if he was that good and Otani was that good next to him, I mean, I know that the rest of the team isn't great, but that would be such an emo- amazing sort of two-punch combo. I want to quickly that, uh, quickly ask you this. Um, I've been researching this because this whole thing that I'm a great player, team sucks, not my fault. We've been researching this. The great players, Trout's included, but I even went with Bonds, who was – Obviously, his numbers are the craziest. And I went with a guy who literally might be the most consistent player, great number, Hall of Fame player, and Stan Musial. Same amount of hits on the road, same amount of hits at home. I mean, Stan Musial's consistency is unbelievable. They all have one quality. They all have huge numbers in their team's wins, and they all regress mightily in their team's losses. And it made me think, huh, Maybe these great players, I mean, we great players influence day-to-day baseball more than we think. Like when great players play well, their teams win. Yeah. It's it. Yeah. Go look at I on mean, baseball reference. It's interesting. I, I would say that the split is probably true for most great players because, yeah. because they're just they're great. Yeah, they're great. So the team wins when they're great. I mean, I would just say that split, like, you know, I think Marcus Simeon. He's the most consistent guy I can think of, you know, and he has a split like that. You know, it's so dramatic. It's dramatic. Like Bonds and Stan Musial, I'd have to check all all the greats, but Bonds and Stan Musial, their numbers in team wins versus team losses, it's dramatically different. I was shocked mm-hmm. by it. I thought they would just be con- consistent in whether wins or losses. I would also probably say that that homers are are the big key there because if you think about it, way more homers. (laughs) You you homer. Well, if you homer in a game, you played well and you actually put 
crooked numbers right up on the board, right? <laughs> you know? And so then your team probably won. And then the, in the games you don't homer, it's much more likely that your team put a zero up and lost, right? So. When are we having Eno next? Are we we got to have, have him opening day, right? You're, are you going to be at the Coliseum? No, I'm not. I'm doing oh, an the, opening day in New, York. in New York City. The sandwich. So oh, I won't be live. My apologies. Uh, but, my apologies. But – uh, what time is what time is opening day for y'all? No, take opening day off because we'll have everybody live from the field. We'll talk to you when we talk to you next. We will actually have real games, real things, real joy, real pain, real injuries. We're gonna have real numbers, real nut. Re- <laughs> it's gonna get as Jim Harbaugh once said. It's gonna get real, real, real fast. <laughs> Play the man his outro. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. And by the way, I know it's a big, uh, big thing for you, your family, your career to have the sandwich named after you. Congratulations once again. <laughs> yes, my younger son calls me the sandwich man, so... You got a beer and a sandwich. I mean, next thing you know, what is it? A, bu- a buffet is going to be named after you? That's right. That's right. Yeah, I got to call field work. Maybe we could do a beer together. Oh, I love it. All right. Uh, we will talk to you soon. Take care. Have a great opening day on the East Coast. All right. See you guys. Eno Saris, our man, our national baseball writer from The Athletic. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.